Hello, and welcome to the RPG Academy's Show and Tell. Show and Tell is a show where we like to bring on someone in the RPG space and talk about something cool they're working on. I'm Mo, and today we're talking to Jim Hall, designer of Beetle Knight. I'm a kind of game designer and adventure writer and an illustrator, and I've been kind of doing these sorts of adventures and games for a few years. I think it actually I'm going on four years now. Um, but uh, Beetle Knight is a game for those of us who like kind of exploring uh, what's in your backyard. You turn over your rocks and you see all these bugs kind of squirming around. Um, you know, it comes from a place where uh, I like to imagine that I'm part of this world and there's these kind of deep cultures that live there. And um, who knows what sort of magics and histories ex ex exist in that world. Um, and so it's sort of a, a way of jumping into that minuscule world and, and creating this sort of fantasy around it. Nice. I love this idea of gardening as inspiration for game design. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I want to get back to Beetle Knight, but uh, who, why did you get into game design? This is a really weird um, thing to do to make a role-playing game. Well, I mean, uh, once you start... You know, I, I got into role playing game pretty late in my life. Uh, you know, I was in my thirties, mm -hmm. and so. Uh, but once you get the bug, it's just it really gets you. No pun intended. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I started homebrewing like right away, and um, I saw people were putting stuff out there, and I'm like, hey, I, I should do that too. So, uh, here we go, and then, you know. I, I kind of mentioned before recording, I, I work in uh, programming in my day job. Mm -hmm. So I, I'd like to get kind of fiddly with uh, with things. And I started thinking about things. And, uh, you know, it's fun to think about the mechanics and think about the ways that things work and how that might evoke a certain feeling while you're playing. Um, and so, you know, you bring those together and all of a sudden you're, you're building a role-playing game. And playing it with your friends and yeah i definitely see a regular overlap between um it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh or education and role-playing games i've seen uh, that too a lot uh i think kids are like a great uh well they, they make you imagine right mm-hmm mm -hmm. um so uh beetle knight uh i i haven't looked at your game Okay. It, it inspires uh, notions of maybe Pokemon or maybe um, uh, uh, what? What is it? Uh, Bugs Life. Uh, what is? What kind of feelings am I going to get if I'm playing uh, Beetle Knight? So uh, you know, like I kind of mentioned, the the base inspiration is is just this lifelong love of squatting down and and looking at these bugs and. They're so busy and you know they got all the stuff going on mm -hmm. um but if you're looking for more like cultural touchstones a big one would be hollow knight uh mm -hmm. the video game mm -hmm. and you know there's this great sense of exploration and this uh these implied histories that i just absolutely uh love right um and you know certainly not alone in that respect and uh and then also, 
uh, there's this great book called Children of Time um, by an uh, author named uh, Adrian Tchaikovsky. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you watch these, these spider main characters kind of evolve and, and turn into a society uh, living amongst other bugs. And so um, <laughs> I've seen, though, people mention a bug's life. And so you have this sort of carefree adventure um and then there's also some movie that came out it was actually narrated by john cusack a a documentary about uh ants invading a termite mound and Mm -hmm. uh, i haven't seen it but these are just the things that people are bringing up to me as nice uh talking about it in fact a bug's life i hadn't even thought of as an inspiration until people started bringing it up um i think the big difference between what we have here and a bug's life is it's more of a magical world. There's, there's less of an emphasis on the human aspect. It's more this, this, uh, this lush kind of natural world that these, these bugs inhabit. And I get to play a beetle. Yeah. Well, it's not just beetles actually. So, um, we included, uh, uh, six different species, uh, you can play a beetle, uh, a moth, uh, uh, let's see, a bee, a jumping spider, a, mm-hmm. a lightning bug. So, um, you know, I, I'm a long time Midwestern boy. You know, I, I grew up in kind of swampy lands here in Michigan. So anything you can find in that area, that's, that's, that's my inspiration. So don't let that box you in if you, if you like other bugs. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> it, it's funny. Um, uh, uh, this is not relevant. This is barely relevant to the conversation, but uh, I, I love traveling. And um, the thing that weirds me out is how weird the bugs get. Um, like I remember when I first saw a centipede, it scared the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, what, what, like the first thing it clicked was I'm like, Oh, this is a very regional kind of game and uh, could definitely. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. It's 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 regular Midwestern bugs. <laughs> well, I mean that's the inspiration for it. So um, now at the same time, like some of the the monsters are like you know a, a giant uh, spider. So there's no reason why that couldn't be a, a right. tarantula or something like that. And right. um, uh, we all do it with all of our favorite games where we kind of mm-hmm. reskin it based on you know the mood that we're that we're going for. Mm-hmm. And but, what we know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but that giant bug thing from other parts of the world, because I'm this sort of nerd that that likes bugs, mm-hmm. I like take pride in the giant bugs we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just like praying mantises and, and cicadas yeah. and that sort of thing. So anyway. <clears throat> nice. Um, so I, I want to ask a question about mechanics but um what what kind of tone are we gonna have in beetle night you said it could be like these spiders they said it could be a little darker um uh i just played a the board game root oh sure, yeah. which is woodland animals from um you know pacific uh like midwestern animals mm-hmm. um you know what what's the tone of beetle night yeah uh you, you mentioned root and that's a good um, analogy because you know it's these cute little kind of furry looking animals but the game is deadly right serious. right right it's cutthroat um, 
Um, <laughs> so the the sort of mood that um, came out while we were playing uh, mm -hmm. was more of like a, a magical world with uh, lots of life that um, is integral to the cultures that fill that world. And so um, rather than having, you know, technology, you'll have uh, singers who mold uh, fungus into mm -hmm. cities um, and, you know, that, that sort of thing. And the, of course, you could play it any way that you want, but the way it kind of came out is actually more of a, a serious game, sort of uh, a natural fantasy world. Gotcha. So almost like just a straight fantasy with magic with bugs. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. Is that it? Yep. But, okay. you know, the, you got that character of um, uh, sort of the minuscule world and, and mm -hmm. these familiar creatures that uh, become very terrifying um, when you have to face them at their own level. Right, 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 right. Nice. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'm getting it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, there's, this, there's this idea that, um, you know, as we're kind of we're working on a, a world building book to uh, accommodate the core game that's going to mm -hmm. be part of the Kickstarter. And it's really doubling down on um, these deep cultures that have kind of layered on top of each other. Um, and so you, you wind up with these conflicts or these hidden uh, uh, magics that get unlocked. Um, so that, that's the sort of thing that you'll encounter. And is the main thrust of playing the game um, fighting or is it politics? Uh, are your are your roles going to be about hitting or are they going to be about um, hiding and persuasion? Like, how does that work? Um, so there are sort of multiple aspects, but I do think that the mechanics kind of lend themselves to, uh, I call it like a medium crunch type type combat. So gotcha. Okay. Um, uh, during role play, uh, your character, uh, you roll for a background with sort of a, a uh, what you did before you became a knight and then mm -hmm. some dramatic event that, that was a catalyst for you and then the, the driving factor that uh, motivates you after that. And with that information as you're role playing, it's a lot, uh, it gives you that sort of soft uh, background that um, for me is one of the most fun parts about role playing. But I I love a nice crunch and in, in, in combat and kind of mm -hmm. tapping into uh, that feeling from Hollow Knight where you're kind of optimizing your build. Uh, there, there's a little bit of that going on, but uh, I try to do it within the world. And so your character doesn't just level up you find these artifacts that grant you power. Um, and so it's, it's, it's kind of crunchy, but also it's meant to be driven by the role play experience. Right, right. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's so interesting. There's so many new games out here and so many of them are doing so many different things. I don't know if you've heard of Honey Heist. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like you, you have two stats. You could either uh, do a honey thing that is be bearish or you could do a heisty thing that is lie st still or cheat and you know the players have to assert that they're going to fight somebody if mm -hmm. like a violent thing's going to happen um 
And then there are games like D&D, which is structured all around how you uh, deal more damage. (laughs) (laughs) And leveling up is about dealing more damage, you know? Um, And so. Yeah. And um, I mean, in terms of like the mechanical inspirations for the game, it kind of comes from two opposites, um, but they're both D&D derivatives. So. Uh, one is uh, Pathfinder, super crunchy, you have this like fun action economy, and obviously you're really optimizing your build. Uh, but then on the other side is is Cairn. So mm. uh, I was uh, playing Pathfinder, I was playing Cairn at the time, and uh, so where in D&D you, or Pathfinder you spend hours sometimes doing a build, with Beetle Knight, you can you can get up and running in like 20 minutes or something. Right. Because you're doing a lot of rolling to build your character. Um, and so it's just, uh, uh, the, I do think it is kind of tuned towards combat um, in terms of a lot of the mechanics. Mm-hmm. But, um, but there is that softer side too of what is your Beetle like? Why are they, why are they uh, adventuring? Mm-hmm. Um, that gives you a lot to work with as a as an arbiter, as you're called in the game. Nice. Cool. Um, as uh, players, um, how do the characters feel different? You said they're beetles and moths. Um, like, uh, do the different... Um, how do you say? Do the different, like, bug type give mm-hmm. you almost an archetype? Um, they do, uh, and at least in part. So, um, for example, a moth, you get extra emblems. Emblems are these things that you can collect that give you, uh, magical powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a moth, you get those emblems by default. Uh, whereas as a beetle, you're way more focused on sort of melee and you have, you can fly, you have a good amount of movement, um, and so each of the different types of uh, bug species have sort of different baselines that they start from. Mm-hmm. But as you're building out your character, you also uh, can generate these special items that uh, modify your, uh, your abilities further. And so you might kind of start off with that beetle, which is sort of a, your combat feel, but then you get a special item like uh, like a magical cape mm-hmm. that gives you more spells. Um, and gotcha. so uh, it, the idea is you're not uh, really able to min-max. You kind of get what you get. Um, and and you might get stuff from a, a few different styles of play. And mm-hmm. I think that's fun because if you're going to play multiple times or you have you know a few people at the table, then uh, you, you have a good amount of variety. Nice. Um, okay, you said Karen, you said Pathfinder, and then you said that the beetles fly and the moths fly. <laughs> uh, do you need like a battle map to play this game? So I have played with with battle maps uh, for the combat scenarios, um, but for role-playing, you do not. Um, gotcha. gotcha. So yeah, it, it is a, a, bit, a bit tactical, so yeah. Good to know. And um, how are you supporting GMs and running these games? Um, I I don't know much about bugs. Um, 
<laughs> so if yeah. I wanted to run Beetle Knight, uh, what kind of tools are you giving me as a GM for setting up an adventure? Yeah, so this is where all the the world building tools that we're currently working on uh, really are going to shine. So to start off with, there's an, an adventure um, that is uh, being written by myself. Uh, and then we have these other world building aspects like key NPCs, um, which uh, Amanda P, who uh, you may have heard of. Um, uh, anyway, uh, she's working on those. Um, WF Smith is, is going to be working on some um, factions. Uh, we're going to have locations. So mm -hmm. uh, the, the model that uh, kind of inspires uh, the, the world building source book is um, uh, like Vaults of Varn or uh, Into the Odd. Uh, gotcha. Because they, uh, uh, I, I like how they give you a bunch of tools to work with and then you kind of take it from there. Gotcha. Um, in addition to that, there's just some straight up kind of broad story hooks that you can use to, to kick off an adventure. So, yeah. Yeah. You want to give me a couple examples? Uh, sure. I mean, I got some right here. So uh, let's see. Deep in the rotting log that is the Millipede's fortress, a disease spreads like wildfire. No one knows the source. Perhaps they discovered something left by the termites long ago. Um. So, uh, or how wow, that, that's super. <laughs> so I feel like that really draws me into kind of what kind of play, yes, you know, this is. So, uh, yeah, here's another one. Um, and this one, the editor, Chris Shore, uh, he uh, started this one and we worked together on it. But it's a, the summer web festival was canceled suddenly and the Orb Weaver Queen has stopped talking to everyone. Has the brash new leader of the court of the Katie did spoken too brazenly? And so you can see uh, how those factions that were uh, that I mentioned mm -hmm. uh, kind of create these, well, to create drama. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. uh, the players are, you know, it's kind of their job as, as knights uh, to go in and resolve these conflicts and, and make peace ultimately. So, uh, yeah. And what if, um, like most of the players I know, they don't and choose not to? <laughs> well, I mean, that's uh, uh, that's their prerogative, right? But uh, there would be consequences to that as well, even if those consequences are merely uh, that they have to embrace this kind of darker side of themselves. But, um, mm. um, you know... But, it, but there's an option to kind of play you know, villainous vagabonds or. Yep. You could definitely do that. There's no reason why not. I okay. Mean, <laughs> um, so uh, you, you, you just saying that is making me think, Ooh, maybe there's some subsystem I can include for those sorts of consequences. But, um, but I think the consequences come out in gameplay uh, where, okay. you know, if you, uh, let, let's say you do take uh, the side of the, the court of the Katie did who's who's being brazen and you know talking smack well uh there's consequences of that you know the the or weeper queen is a powerful force in the world and right. she has allies and so uh you know there, there's natural consequences to being you know a murderous uh uh knave so so i, I hear you say 
the GM can facilitate natural consequences as opposed to there being mechanical consequences. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. I'm just I'm just being clear. You know, it's like uh, you know, D and D started off being about heroes and adventurers, and um, you know, sometimes it's not that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've all had those experiences. Right. The, yeah. <laughs> Right. Are you and then, sure you want to, you know, kill this, this, or like threaten this, this teenager or something? They're just a kid. Right. Um, <clears throat> and then, like, I've played games like Champions, where um, you literally have disadvantages that are often rules your character must abide by, and mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes that's a moral code of some sort. So, um, yeah, or in the Dungeon Crawl Classics, where if you um, act against your alignment, yes, you can like anger your deity, yeah, um, and there's like mechanical consequences to it. So. Right, right, exactly. Um, okay. But I'll say that personally, when I've encountered those rules, uh, I I can't keep them all straight, and I, I kind of uh, I kind of just wing it anyway. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's just me. No, I mean absolutely. Uh, I played a game called Pasión de los Pasiones where you play uh, someone on a telenovela, you know? Oh, that's and fun. like, it's as far from D&D &D as I've ever played a game, but, you know, there's still kind of guide rails to keep everybody in the same game. And so, like, I'm always curious, like, um, with so many cool, weird games going on, like, you know, what people are doing, um, I, I think one of the, um, biggest downfalls I've had to D&D &D over the years is you show up with a character with the character's backstory there's never any guarantee you guys are all you and the other players are planning on playing in the same game yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. and, one, one could be a, a zany uh, goblin that, uh, uh -huh. uh, and the other one could be a, a noble you know elegant uh, right. warrior I, <laughs> and and the thief could be like really trying to like you know um set everything back and just become the richest mm -hmm. um at everybody else's uh expense and yeah. so i'm There's always a... just curious like how are people keeping folks in the same game yeah and um i think when you are uh, the, the way this is kind of intended to be played is you all sit down on the ta at the table on uh, day one, and you all roll characters together. Gotcha. And so, with the with like D and D or Pathfinder, those other sort of those, uh, well, they're games where you really make a build and you spend a lot of time, you know, creating these worlds in your head bef mm -hmm. uh, before even talking to anybody in, in your group. I mean, ideally, you, you would have with like a session zero or something like that, but you know. When it comes down to it, you're spending two hours or something uh, putting together a character yeah. sheet. Whereas, um, you know, something that I see uh, in games like Cairn and and Nave and Vaults of Varn and Into the Odd is you can sit down and just uh, create a character, uh, and it takes you know 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, and then you talk about your characters and you're all on the same page just right. like that because you're doing it at the same time in the same room um and then you can come up with little connections uh mm -hmm. and, you know this is what uh happened with us where uh two of the players decided that uh you know their background they were traitors and so they decided that they've been traveling together for a while and then 
um, and then they have this history. Um, so, uh, yeah. No, I, I, I get it. And I, I think, you know, session zeros are definitely um, a great way for everybody to kind of manage their expectations. Um, I've seen some games that uh, mechanize this, you know, um, mm -hmm. you start off with relationships to each other, uh, relationship questions and uh, some PBTA games, yeah. you know, um, I've seen, uh, I don't know if you play Blades in the Dark, but yeah, yeah. Time on it, list. It's, it's got this really cool thing where um, each character sheet literally has a list of people in town and those overlap between character sheets and it, it kind of draws people together. You and know, it, it makes a it makes the world feel more interconnected. It makes the world feel more <laughs> interconnected. And so even if your your hero is my rival, like now we have a relationship mm -hmm. now, like we. Um, we're, we're, we're in the same game. <laughs> yeah. and that's a great place for for drama, you know, exactly. Um, exactly. And but, but that that's a game that's a lot more about almost politics. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a political element to like how you play that game that um, and there's only one move you can make to actually do violence. And it's just as powerful as, you know, the the move you make to demand someone do something, you yeah. know, so like it's it, it can be a fighting game, but it's not a fighting game necessarily. Right. It, you know, yeah. you can get by without having any fights. Um Cool. Uh, if people wanted to play Beetle Knight, how, how do they do that? Um, so right now, if you look up Beetle Knight on Itch, you can find the uh, the quick start early release. Um, okay. And uh, so I put it out there. It's all under um, Creative Commons. Uh, so you can actually take it and hack it. You just got to uh, uh, also put it under the Creative Commons license. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, uh, it's on Kickstarter. And so starting on February 6th, the Kickstarter will be launched. Right now, we are uh, uh, still you know, in pre-launch phase. So you can go to the page and, and right. follow the project and all that stuff. Um, yeah, and there's some, some pretty cool stuff. Like there's a um, Spanish translation in the works. We're, we're working on this uh, world building book and uh, I, I'm very excited about it. So nice, that's awesome. Um, are there any APs people can watch? Uh, there are not. I, I'm not really plugged into the the AP world that much. Uh, I did though create a video um, that if if you look up on uh, my uh, like Blue Sky or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, there's a video where you can get a tour of the book, and I'm going to do another one where you make a character, and uh, so. We'll be putting those out kind of as the Kickstarter uh, goes along. Nice. Um, and it, uh, do you want to go ahead and drop your social? Um... It's it's just at Brooklyn Games wherever you uh, wherever so you go. You just you just said a word really fast. Oh, <laughs> spell, yeah. spell it spell it for our listeners who listen at one point two five times. <laughs> um, it's uh, Brooklyn Games. B R O O K L E T G A M E S. And I'm on Blue Sky and Threads and Instagram. And I, I got my old uh, Twitter account, but uh, I'm not really on there a whole lot. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, Blue Sky is where I'm most active. Nice. 
Brooklet Games. What is a Brooklet? I'm sorry. It's a tiny stream. Oh, a Brooklet. Yes. Where, where um, that, a, a little stream that has that that sustains bug life. Yeah, I mean, my logo <laughs> is a is a a snail, so I'm uh, I'm committed to this sort of. I just love bugs. What's nice? What There's nothing more complicated than that. Nice. This sounds awesome, man. Uh, well, thank you for coming on Show and Tell and telling us about your awesome game. Um, uh, just just a side note. Did you know Pokemon was inspired by Beatles? Oh, you know what? I didn't. I, I know the pocket monster thing, but uh, what's the story there? Apparently, someone saw Beetle fighting and uh, they made a, they made a, 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 a thing. I don't know if it was a cartoon or a manga or a game first, but uh, yeah. Wow. Um, I have That's a kid awesome. and he constantly tells me about that when we talk about bugs. And then we're talking about Pokemon again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are bugs if, if, you know, your dream of a Pokemon, you know? Maybe that's why I liked Pokemon when I was back in middle school and, and elementary school and all that stuff. And now it comes back around. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show, and if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy. Or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.